This is The Grid, presented by Victoria College. Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of The Grid. My name is Jeremiah Sosa, the assistant sports editor. I'm here joined by Mike Foreman, our sports editor, and Gabe Myers, our sports reporter. Before we get into what we got to talk about today, we want to hear from you. You can reach out to us on Facebook on our Victoria Advocate Facebook page. You can also find us on our Advo Sports Facebook page. You could also find us on Twitter at Advo Sports. And if you have any questions or comments, you could email them to sports at vicad.com. All right, last week's podcast, we talked about Victoria West opening up spring practices. This week, it's Victoria East. Um, Charlie Reef, he started his his um, you know his time as a head coach with East for the spring practices. They started on Monday. And I was there. I talked to, to, to Coach Reeve and, you know, what the, that experience was like for, with him being in that first, first official practice for East. And uh, let's hear a little bit about what he had to say. Well, you know, for us, you know, uh, spring ball number one is to learn new offense and defensive schemes. Uh, number two is to learn how to practice, you know, the tempo of practice and, and how to work and how to finish. Um, and then number two is, is you know, to try to see what our what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, um, so we can build our schemes around those around those strengths. So uh, this is a great time for us to evaluate and, and learn and, and uh, get to know, you know, who we are as a team. And how do you think today went, you know, with, you know, all the new coaches and, you know, all the new coaching staff? I thought it was a good start. You know, I thought it was a good start. I told our kids, um, you know, just like the first day of boot camp, you know, I don't care where we stand right now. It's about where we finish. Uh, but I thought our kids bounced around well today. Um, I thought they retained a lot of the things we've been talking about for the last few weeks. And uh, so I think it was a good start. Obviously, we've got a long way to go, uh, but uh, uh, it was a good start. So as Coach Reeve mentioned there, uh, Victoria East, they've been uh, practicing, you know, in, in boot camp and, you know, off-season workouts, but this was the, was the first official practice. And, you know, just, just being out there and talking to Coach Reeve, you could feel that there was a little bit of a different energy. You know, when practice started, they got the music playing. All the kids were, were jumping around, uh, probably just because they were excited to be out there for, for, you know, the first official practice. But, you know, it was just a lot of, uh, a lot of high energy from all the players and, um, you know, you know, as as I mentioned in that interview with Coach Reeve, uh, they also have two new co- two new coaches. You got a, a defensive coordinator, Wayne Condra, who was previously the El Campo head coach a few years ago. Uh, he was most recently at St. Joseph as a defensive coordinator. And you also got an offensive coordinator, John Ford, who was most recently at Gonzalez as a running game uh, coordinator. So a lot of new faces for for the Titans, and you know, just just being there, there there was a little bit of a, a differences compared to you know what what previous um you know what previous practices were like at east uh coach reef he had a big drone over, over the practice recording the plays and stuff and it was just it was just cool to see little slight changes and you know stuff like that can really you know get the kids kids excited for for you know to be out there playing for east and you know whatever whatever new stuff he's going to bring to the game and mike i know you you're very familiar with the reef family you know what is this what is this higher and what is this, um, you know, new era for East? What does this mean for, for the Titans? 
Well, I'm sure there's a lot of excitement with a new coach, obviously, uh, coming in, uh, Charlie Reeve. What I'm I'm real curious about is to see a quarterback position because uh, obviously they lost their quarterback, three-year starter. Um, Charlie, of course, played quarterback at under his dad, Mark Reeve, at Victoria High. And then he went on and played quarterback in college until an injury stopped his career. So he knows the position. So uh, that's something I'm real interested in. I don't know if you talked to him about who the candidates were or not, but uh, I'm curious to see. Uh, I'm assuming they'll, they'll be running a spread offense. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see uh, who that quarterback might be. Yeah, as far as quarterback, uh, Reeve didn't say there was a specific name or anything, but um, last season it was Grayson Youngblood. He was the backup. And Nigel Prater, he also you know, was, was one of the backups too. So I feel like it's going to be between them. And then he also mentioned to me a few weeks ago, uh, Kaysen Coley, Wes Coley's uh, son, which is the uh, East baseball coach, that, he, uh, you know, there's a few guys in, in running for that quarterback position. And, you know, obviously with the loss of Jaden Williams uh, this this past season and Ja'Kerry and Giles, there's a, those are two big offensive positions that every team needs, you know, to fill. And, you know, as far as at running back, they have uh, Jaden Williams, the – he was a ju- sophomore, believe I believe, last year. So um, he'll be in his junior year. He's going to be contending for that starting running back spot. Um, but they also have a few, few returning wide receivers. You got Bryson Ortega, and you know, depending what happens with Nigel Prater, if he's a quarterback or not, he he may go to receiver. So they have a uh, they they have some some stuff to work out within these spring practices. Um, but their spring games East the East spring game is May eighteenth at five thirty. And the Victoria West, theirs is May 17th at 5.30. So they got a few weeks to, you know, practice and prepare for those. All right, we're going to take a quick break and hear this commercial from White Trash Services. I'm joined by BJ Nelson. BJ, White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off companies. And, you know, y'all are y'all are big advocates for, for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 550 one eight two six. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, eight to five during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. All right, welcome back to the grid. Uh, it's time we get into some track and field. We recently had a few of our area athletes. Um, Qualify for the Region 4 3A track meet in Seguin. Uh, there's also the Region 4 5A meet in San Antonio. And Mike's going to be covering the Region 4 2A and 4A meet uh, in Kingsville. Mike, we got a lot of uh, you know athletes competing in, in track regionals this, this year, time around. Um, 
you know, what what are your kind of expectations of, about how our athletes are going to perform, you know, at the you know various meets? Well, there's a couple of things to look for. Uh, I guess in 5A, we want to see if uh, East and West can get someone out to the state meet. Uh, uh, I think um, we've talked about this. I think Matthew Jackson has a good shot from Victoria East. And both the uh, high jump and the long jump, I think he's got a chance. Uh, these girls have a pretty good relay. They'd like to get that out. You have to basically, uh, at the regional meet, you have to finish in the top two to be guaranteed a spot at the state meet. They're, they have nine now, so what they do is they take a wild card from each of the uh, four regions, and they, they go by times or marks to decide that. It's probably not really fair because obviously you're running in different conditions and that can affect your times and your marks, but that's really the only way they can do it. They wanted to bring that ninth competitor. As far as... Uh, uh, 3A, uh, we've seen some outstanding performances uh, this year. Uh, Tanner Woodring from Industrial in the pole vault. Um, and then, of course, in the hurdle events, and uh, you have Kyla Hill from uh, Goliad back. Uh, some of the jumps, both Kyla Hill and uh, Jayana Phillips from uh, Yoakum, she set the uh, school record. Uh, at the district meet and the triple jump. So there's something to look for. As far as the 2A and the 4A, of course, the big story down there is uh, Ken Refurio repeat as regional championship champions and set themselves up for a possible repeat as state championship. We're talking about the Refurio boys now. Um, obviously, Ernest Campbell uh, has, has been uh, been their leader all year. Um, but they have a good group, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be uh, shooting for that. So uh, we also have uh, TAPS uh, state state track meet next week. Uh, their regional tournaments were uh, this week. So uh, the track season is getting pretty close to being wrapped up. Yeah, and me and Mike will be at the, uh, the track meets that I mentioned, so you could go to advosports.com to catch all the coverage there. We also have a tennis state champion, Gabe. I know you you've been following along the, for the past few, uh, you know, past week or so. I'll let you announce to the people, you know, who who is the state champion in our area. Yeah, so let me make sure I get the school right here. Rungi, is that how you pronounce it? Rungi's Melina Ramirez, the one A girls state champion in singles. Guys, she didn't drop a set the entire tournament. 6-2-6-1-7-6-6-0 in a state championship. 6-2-6-4. Winning the state title, not dropping a set. Congratulations to Melina. Also, Industrials Connor Griffith advanced to the state championship match uh, before before losing to the guy he actually lost to in the uh, in the regional in the regional finals. So I mean Connor Griffith the last few weeks he's lost to one guy. Um, that one guy just ha- had his number, but Connor second place in three A boys singles, also three A uh, mixed doubles. The uh, sibling duo Hunter and Madison Williams they lost in the semifinals, won their first match in three sets, came back, they dropped to uh, the eventual champions in mixed doubles. Um, and then Hallettsville's duo April Leopold and Olivia Etzler they dropped their first round match at a state tournament. So quick. Uh, tennis wrap up there but yeah Melina Ramirez from Rungi 1A girls state champion congratulations to her I mean not and then not dropping a set the entire way that's I mean that's pretty impressive 
Yeah, it's really impressive. It's, it's great to see Rungi, you know, get some uh, recognition on the state level. All right, UHV Golf, they recently competed in the Red River Athletic Conference Tournament, and the Jaguars, they won it for their third straight year. Will Patton, he shot a 208 over the two-day tournament. Um, the win moves them into the NAIA National Championship, which will be held May 16th through the 19th in Mesa, Arizona. Victoria had a, a competitor in that tournament, St. Joseph alum Jacob Pena. He placed second, which was his best finish as a college athlete. So it's good to see, um, you know, good to see some some Victoria talent, you know, performing well there. But you know, going back to UHV, talking to to Coach Garrett Adair, the the head coach of of the Jags, you know, he it wasn't really like a shock to him that they won their third straight title. It was, it was kind of an expectation, just with the guys that he's brought in. I mean. Uh, Patton, he, I think, I believe he's from England and they have a few guys, you know, from, from, you know, not from, from the United States. So for them to, you know, just go out, you know, wherever they can get some talent, bring it into Victoria, um, and, you know, continue to win and, uh, you know, win conference tournaments. It just shows, uh, you know, what Adair is doing with this program and, you know, hopefully they can continue their, their success in the national tournament. Um, last year, I believe they placed fourth. So, they're looking to improve on that um, there in, in Arizona. All right, we're going to take one more quick break and hear this commercial from Thrivent Financial. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrick works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. All right, welcome back to the very last segment of this week's podcast. We got some baseball to get into. The regular season is wrapping up and we had a few few games that we covered. Mike, you covered Shiner versus Flatonia. Shiner, they beat Flatonia two to one to claim the district 29 eight title. Um, you were, you were there, you know, what did you see from that game and how was, how was Shiner able to claim that uh, district title? Well, what I saw was uh, two uh, excellent pitching performances by the starting pitchers. Uh, we had uh, Ryan Peterson from Shiner uh, who went five innings. I believe he had like uh I think he had 12 strikeouts, uh, gave up one unearned run, and then you turn over and Dayton Cliff from Flatonia went six innings. He had 13 strikeouts, gave up one run. And uh, as games like this sometimes do, they come down to the bullpen. Uh, both teams had chances. Uh, in the uh, bottom of the six, uh, Flatonia gets a runner on third when nobody out. But uh, reliever Carson Schutte comes in and strikes out. He strikes out the side, and so uh, Flatonia doesn't score. And then boom! All of a sudden, you turn around and uh, Shiner's got the bases loaded with nobody out. Uh, that uh, they get an out. Flatonia gets an out on a force at home. But then, unfortunately uh, for Flatonia, Titan Targoch gets a little inside on a pitch, and it. Uh, clips the uh, batter for Shiner Haley and uh, that's how the winning run scored. Uh, Flatonia put two runners on in the bottom of the seventh 
but couldn't score. But there's no question that these are two of the best teams in Class 2A, and I would not be entirely surprised if they end up playing again in the regional final because those two teams are that good. Of course, Shiner's ranked number one in the state, as we, uh, we've we talked about. Ryan Peterson's already signed with Sam Houston State. He will pitch there. And, uh, of course, Titan uh, Targach, who came in relief, he's already committed to Texas A&M, and he's just a sophomore. So uh, a lot of talent on these two teams. Uh, should be an, If they do end up meeting, be another good one. And uh, we also had a, another district champion crowned uh, last night, and I, I know Gabe was out there at uh, Municipal Park to watch Hallettsville uh, defeat Columbus. Yeah, Hallettsville last night, a 6-2 win over Columbus to wrap up a district title. Before I get anything about the game, I got to say that Hallettsville crowd was the best high school baseball crowd I've seen this year. And it wasn't just, I mean, it was a big crowd. It was, I mean, I guess, you know, you'd call it a sellout. Every seat was full. Um, But they were engaged. They were going from pitch one. And I got to say, it rattled Columbus a little bit. They were, their players, it was a little bit of a deer in the headlights look. And, you know, special Brock uh, Bluedow from Hallettsville, five innings, seven strikeouts. He came out on the mound, first inning, three hitters, three strikeouts. The last two were looking. And when I say the crowd, you know, it was a little bit of a deer in the headlights look from Columbus, that's what I mean. They looked a little overmatched early on in the game. And then, it, you know, it looked like it was going to be a pitcher's duel. It was a Geisler, Connor Geisler for Columbus. He was going with Blue Dow. He was pitching well. Second inning, runners on second and third, two outs. He gets the strikeout on a breaking ball in the dirt. Catcher can't hang on to it. Bad throw to first leads the two runners to come in, and from that point on, Columbus looked it looked dejected because their crowd was in a frenzy, and it it, it looked dejected. Hallettsville had the upper hand throughout the game. One bad inning in the fifth where two runners came in, but aside from that, Hallettsville, you know they re- they really had the upper hand all throughout the game. A six-two win, and again now you go into the playoffs on that high note because that was basically a district title game. If Columbus would have won the game. Their district champs, Hallettsville, actually could have dropped as low as the three seed in the district yesterday, potentially, but they got the win. They're district champs now, and the highest of high notes for the Brahmas to enter the playoffs on is you talk about a team that, I mean, you were mentioned in 2A, two of the better teams in 2A. Mm-hmm. I mean, from what I saw from Hallettsville yesterday, they looked like a team that could potentially make some noise in the 3A playoffs. Yeah, and then moving back a little bit closer to our era, we got Victoria East. They're going to be playing Corpus Christi Carroll in a best-of-three district playoff series. Um, they start on Thursday, and then they have a game on Friday in Victoria, and then they go back to Corpus on Saturday. Gabe, you're going to be covering the game on Friday. What do you think East needs to do in order to you know, possibly you know, win this, win this series and move on to the playoffs? Well, Jeremiah, you were at East last week covering them against Rain. As you know, baseball is about pitching. Um, and I think for East, they played they played Carroll six, seven weeks ago now. They lost to them 7-5 back in the middle of March. I think it was spring break during that time. Well, I think for East, Joey Lee was out of the rotation during that game and for basically the entire season. He's back now. He's back healthy. He's pitching well. 
if East gets these good pitching performances, because now Lee, Lee's their guy. They bring in their second and third guys behind that. They have a little bit more pitching depth now. They have guys who have had who have been forced into situations they probably wouldn't have been forced into throughout the year because of Lee's injury. But now that Lee's back, I actually think East is weirdly set up well for this three-game series. And again, this is a – again, they, these two teams played six, seven weeks ago, but they don't know each other that well they I mean this is they, they played one time a long time ago these are two very different teams now again I think for East I'm actually confident in East's ability to hit the ball they you know they had one game where it was a shootout with Ray down in Corpus up here when they played at Riverside it was a pitcher's duel that went what would it go nine innings and the first run wasn't scored till the ninth um if East pitches well I'm confident they're hitting they'll put enough runs up on the board to give themselves a chance, but it's to me, it's all about the pitching when it comes to baseball, and especially when it comes to playoff baseball. We see it at the college level, we see it at the pro level, and I think the same holds true at the high school level. Yeah, and like Gabe mentioned, Victoria East, they nearly beat uh, the number two ranked team in the state in Corpus Christi Ray this past week. Uh, like Gabe, like, uh, Gabe said, they had some good pitching from, you know, not only Joe Lee, but Gabe uh, Gage Goldman. Uh, he he gave some good innings on the mound for for the Titans, so they'll definitely be looking to, to you know get get some good pitching performances in this uh, best of three series. All right, we're going to be moving into softball, and softball playoffs are about to get started. Uh, we got Hallettsville versus San Antonio Cole, Quail versus Bandera, and Ganado versus Stockdale, just to mention a few of the games going on. We also have Calhoun, uh, Goliad, Refugio. We we've got a lot of area teams, but. These are the games that we're going to be covering this week. And, you know, it's just, uh, you know, for Hallettsville, coming off of that state title last year, Mike, I know it's it's got to be – you've got to be eager, you know, going into the playoffs to kind of repeat of that and, you know, feel like they have a good chance of, you know, continuing that success against San Antonio Cole. Well, there's no question that this year uh, softball is our strong sport as opposed to baseball. Uh, the only ranked team we have in our area is Shiner, which is it's kind of unusual. We have some good teams, uh, Flatonia, Hallettsville. Um, there are El Campo's a good good, good squad. But uh, softball, we got a bunch. And Hallettsville, of course, is the defending state champions. Uh, if you're, you're kind of wondering why a lot of these teams are playing two games on Thursday, the reason is it's pretty clear. It's a regional track meet. So a lot of these smaller schools, you know, they share athletes from sport to sport. So they're trying to work out a schedule where it doesn't interfere with a track meet. But um, Houtsville, Quero, uh, they finished really strong. They, they blew out, I believe it was Navarro in that district playoffs so they're going in on a high they play them they play bandera in a one-game playoff and then of course uh, the other teams from that district shiner and ganado will also be from weimer's district uh shiner ganado weimer and uh that district in schulenberg is very strong um you know it's interesting to me how uh how softball teams decide whether to play one game or best of three because a lot of times it's the same pitcher pitching all three games. Which, uh, but I guess coaches feel like you know she could have one bad game, but she's not likely to have two. So um, yeah, we'll have, we'll we'll see right now. Um, quite a few teams in the area will start their playoff runs this week, and uh, you know they're all aiming for uh, 
Macombs Field in Austin. That's where they want to be. I think last year we had uh, Houtsville won, and I believe Weimer made it to state but didn't win last year. So, uh, you know, I'd say uh, there's a good chance we'll have another area team up there this year. And for coverage of those three games that I mentioned earlier, you can uh, find that on advosports.com. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Grid. From me, Mike Foreman, and Gabe Myers, we appreciate you guys for listening, and you could find us here, here again next week. 